Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 17 and meet me at verse 11. Luke chapter 17 and meet me at verse 11. And the word of the Lord says, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And so Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any who found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Several years ago, I had a vision from the Lord. I woke up. And I heard a word in my heart, and I'm going to talk about that word towards the end of this message. And that word started me on a discovery, uh, on a passage, uh, on a path, I should say, on a path that led down a passage to really seeing exactly what the Spirit of the Lord will have for us at this time. Um, We see here that Jesus is going into a city and he's walking and he goes into this small town. And as he enters this small town, there are 10 men who have leprosy and they shout out to Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on us. Now, that word mercy means compassion. Be moved with compassion towards us. And so these 10 men with leprosy. Now, let me tell you a little bit about leprosy. It was a disease that was assumed to be a punishment for people and their sin. People assumed that if you had leprosy, God was punishing you. For some type of sin. It's a disease that was uh, appeared to be contagious. That's why you could not be around people. You had to maintain social distance. You could not be around folks because in that day they thought that leprosy was something that you can attract by being around someone. It messed with your skin and your nervous system. It was a disease that would cause you to not feel pain. And so you could bang your hand on something and not feel pain and end up breaking your hand and not even feel the pain of it. And so uh, you understand that with leprosy, 
People that had leprosy were walking around with uh, missing limbs. Some people had uh, missing body parts, missing ears, noses, sagging faces, missing fingers. I mean, they the disease was messing with their nerves and they would hit something and their pinky finger would just fall right on off. That's how uh, this disease worked in your body. And so if you had leprosy, everyone knew that you had leprosy. They can look at you and tell that you had leprosy. And these 10 men had leprosy, but they begin to shout to Jesus, say, Jesus, have mercy on us. Now, it's quite possible that they heard about the leper in Luke chapter 5, which is around verse 12 and 13. We find out that this man was full of leprosy, and he approached Jesus, and he said to Jesus, uh, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And so his response or his question to Jesus was, I know that you're able, but I don't know if you're willing. And so he said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And it's the same question people ask uh, God today. God, is it your will to heal me? That question is still being asked today. And this man asked Jesus, who is God, that same question is it your will to heal me? He says, I know you're able. I know that you can. I just don't know if it's your will. Well, Jesus answers this man in Luke chapter five, once and for all, he says, I am willing, be cleansed. And he touched him and he made him whole. He said, I am willing. And I don't know about you, but I would rather serve a God who was uh, willing to heal me, yet unable, then to serve a God who was, no, no, did I say that right? I would rather, did I say it right? I would rather serve a God who was willing to heal me, yet unable, than to serve a God who was unwilling to heal me, yet able. Yeah, I said it right. There you go. I would rather serve a God who was willing to heal me, yet unable, than to serve one who was unwilling to heal me, yet able. But the good thing is we get both. We get a God that's willing and a God that's able to heal. And so this man went to Jesus. Jesus healed him. And so these 10 lepers must have heard about this encounter because they were bold enough to shout to Jesus as he walked by. Jesus, have mercy on me. And now understand something about this number 10, by the way. This number 10 is a number that means divine order and or testing. Anytime you see numbers in scripture, numbers are very important in scripture. Uh, numbers are just not loosely thrown out there. They are very important. And each number, generally speaking, has a definition. The number three is a number of completion. The, the number seven is also a number of completion. Number five is a number of grace and mercy. They all have some form of a definition. But this number 10 is the number of testing. Somebody say testing. And we see this number 10 throughout scripture. If you look at the 10 commandments, you look at the 10 plagues. In Revelations chapter two, I believe it's verse 10, that that, that church would have to go through 10 days of testing. Um, you look at, you look at, uh, Daniel and in Daniel chapter one, his, his crew had to go through 10 days of testing to see 
if what they ate was better than what Nebuchadnezzar was feeding them. And so this number 10 has always been a number of testing. Matter of fact, it's interesting that the tithe is a tenth. It's the number 10, it's a tenth, and it's a number of testing. You, God is testing you with the tithe, and here's the other thing, you can test him with the tithe. It's the only time he tells you to test him. Test me with the tithe. And so he's testing you, and you're testing him. But most people don't understand with this number 10 that it is a number of testing, and tithe means tenth. A tithe is not a 2%, it's not 3%, it means tenth. A tenth of your income, and you're able to test God with it, and he's testing you with it as well. And so we see this number is a number of testing. These 10 men, they go and they shout to Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on us. Jesus turns to them, and he says to them, go, show yourself to the priest. Now, here's what's interesting. If you read the Leviticus account of a leper who comes back into camp, uh, the priest would then have to examine a leper and to see through their examination if they have leprosy or not. There were times that people were healed of leprosy, that they no longer had it, they were cured. And so a priest will examine them and say, okay, you no longer have leprosy. And then they will go through a, what I, a response as to not having leprosy and what are you to do to get back into the camp. And I'll talk about that more in a few. But Jesus tells these 10 lepers, go, all 10 of them, go show yourself to the priest. I liken that unto go to the doctor. Too many Christians are dying because they don't go to the doctor. It breaks my heart to see that I'm going to get it by faith and I don't need a doctor and I'm going to do this. But the doctor could quite possibly have some wisdom to share with you that could help you in your body. But I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that refuse to go to the doctor. They refuse to go get confirmation about what we already know going on in our body. Jesus told them, go show yourself to the priest. I've talked to people that have since died because they wouldn't go to a doctor. I remember one particular time I was talking to a good friend of mine and he had some terrible back pain. I mean, really, really bad back pain. And he said he was believing God to be healed in his back. He was standing on the word, believing God. Man, nothing. He felt like nothing was happening in his back. He finally found a chiropractor. He went to this chiropractor. And, the, and once he went a couple of weeks with the chiropractor, he came back and his back was completely fine. And he said, Lord, why could I not receive my healing by faith at home for my back? And he said, the Lord spoke to him and said, because I've anointed the chiropractor to help you with your back. It's so, we think it's so, that's so deep, huh? It's so deep. That's what a chiropractor does. But people don't want to go to the doctor. And too many Christians, I'm not going to the doctor. and I'm, They just practice anyway. Well, they might be practicing. I'm not telling you to take everything a doctor says as truth. There is malpractice. But there, there, we, we are a spirit. 
we have a soul and we live in a body. And a doctor should be able to help us with what's going on in our bodies. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. I know people that have died refusing to go to the doctor. Here's three reasons why they refused to go. They were afraid of the news the doctor was going to tell them. So they don't, they, I'm not going, they're going to tell me some bad news. Well, uh, well, Psalms 112 says, we don't fear bad news. We confidently trust the Lord to care for us. Another reason they're too prideful, I know more than the doctor. I've got the word of God and I know more than what that doctor knows. Pride. Number three, it's lazy. It's lazy. I don't want to make an appointment. I don't want to go. So I, he might tell me, he or she might tell me to do something I don't want to do. So I ain't going to the doctor. And you end up suffering in your body. I'm preaching, I'm preaching about what I know when I'm talking about. I've talked to these people that refuse to go. Suffering, suffering, suffering. God's going to do it. And God say, I've anointed the doctor to help you. Matter of fact, Luke, and we're reading his, his, his pastor today. Luke was a doctor. Dr. Luke wrote, wrote something in the Bible. Preachers and doctors should be on the same team. We should be on the same team. But somehow, some way, we've, we've, we've got to this place of where we, we, we don't need the doctor. No, 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 no. Jesus tells him, go show yourself to the priest. Literally saying, go get examined by the doctor. Go. And these people that, that I've talked to, well... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I can, I'm just speaking to the problem in my, my body. I'm, I haven't been to no doctor. I'm just speaking to it. Well, let me give you an example. Let's say you cut your hand on something. You cut it, and it starts bleeding. What's the first thing you do? You, yeah, wash it, apply pressure, get bandage on it. Huh? Why don't you speak to it? Why? Because common sense will tell you, let's go ahead. You know, you're not that spiritual. You're not that deep. Common sense said, go ahead and get that taken care of. Now, as the healing process comes, we begin to declare the word over it and talk about it and, and get it. I went there was several years ago. I had gotten really sick in my body. You guys know this story. Really, really sick in my body. Didn't know what was going on. I went to the doctor every day. I was going, trying to figure out, I had 104 temperature every single day. We we're trying to figure out what was going on. Could not figure out what was going on. I was losing a pound a day. And I was weak. I was, I was, uh, I, I wasn't hungry. I couldn't even pick up my kids. Literally, Stacy would have to pick them up and put them on my lap because I, I wasn't strong enough to pick them up. Didn't know what was going on in my body. I, the only time I stopped going to the doctors when the doctors went on Wikipedia. And the doctor said, what are your symptoms? And I saw, she was looking at me like this, okay. And I saw Wikipedia. I said, no, nah, no, nah, doc. I said, you guessing. You guessing. I said, you experimenting. I'm not, I'm, no, 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 no. I'm not doing this. I said, I'm not going back because that doctor was experimenting with me. Well, by the grace of God, a uh, few weeks later, I woke up and I was healed, just completely healed. Glory be to God. Took off running down the steps. Took off running around the house. I said, Stacy, I'm healed. And I was running around the house, glory to God. But that's the only time I didn't go because they were guessing. I said, I don't trust, I don't trust what's going on here. I'm not, I'm not going back. I don't know what's going on here. But Jesus tells them, go show yourself to the priest. Go get examined. 
And I didn't mean to spend this much time on that, but somebody needs to hear this. Go get examined. That's a word from God. Go find out what's going on in your body. Get examined. And so they go and they show themselves to priests. They're on their way. They're walking to go. I mean, that was a test of obedience right there. I mean, they could have said, well, Jesus, can't you touch me? Can you not pray? Can you, I mean, I know that leper you hear in Luke chapter 5, you touched him. Can you not touch me? Can you not say some secret words over me, some abracadabra or something over me? I mean, you didn't do anything. All you told me to do was go show yourself to the priest. But they didn't do that. They obeyed the word of God and they went to show themselves to the priest. But one of them recognized as he was walking to the priest, he recognized, I don't have leprosy anymore. I, I don't have it. I can tell that something happened in my body. I don't have it anymore. And he went to the other nine men and said, hey, hey, Joe, Blow, Henry, Fred, Mike, listen, gentlemen, uh, I got to go back. I got to return. And they kept going. He says, I got to get back. So scripture says that when he realized that he was healed of leprosy, he returned and went back to Jesus. And he was a Samaritan. Uh, I could talk about that later. Uh, he didn't have a covenant with God like the Jews did. And so as he goes back to Jesus, he begins to give him thanks and worship him. He, he bows down and he gives Jesus thanks. And he worships and says, thank you. Thank you. And worships him and gives him gratitude and thanksgiving. And Jesus says, notice the first thing Jesus said right after this. Were there not ten healed? Where are the nine? And so Jesus noticed that nine of them did not return and give thanks, but only one. Now, this is interesting that not only did Jesus notice it, he mentioned it. Nine people did not return to give thanks. Nine out of 10, 90 percent of people do not give thanks. But one out of 10 does. And so as I was thinking about this passage and, and meditating this passage, and I've been on this passage for years, one of my favorite passages of scripture. I think people feel gratitude, but they don't express thanks. There's a difference. I think people feel like, oh, that was good. But then they don't show, demonstrate, or express thanksgiving. Because thanksgiving is a demonstration. It's a show. It's an expression. That's why there's no such thing as silent thanksgiving. No such thing as silent thanksgiving. There might be silent gratitude. But there's no such thing as silent thanksgiving. There's no such thing as thanksgiving unexpressed. No such thing as that. Matter of fact, there is no space in between being thankful and being unthankful. You're either thankful 
showing and expressing appreciation or you're unthankful, not showing and expressing appreciation. There's no in-between. There have been times that Stacy and I have done things for people personally. Um, we have done things for people through the church. I'm thinking about a, a particular time. We, we really went out of the way for these two people. And we did some things and we put some things together and we, we set it aside and we had it delivered to them. I mean, this was special. These two different people. Boom, boom. We went weeks and didn't hear anything. Weeks. Finally, I was like, did they get it? I checked the mail. They said the tracking number says they got it, this and that. So I reached out to them three weeks later. Hey, did you get my pack? Oh, yeah, I got that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got that. Thank you. Now, were they thankful or did they just say thank you? They just said thank you. But they, they weren't thankful. Two different people. We sent the same package to two different people. It was really nice. And neither of them responded with thank you. I'm submitting to you that most of us think we're thankful and we're not thankful. And here's why you're not. Because you didn't show, demonstrate, or express appreciation. That shows that you're unthankful. Now, I knew it was going to be quiet in here because you think I'm so thankful and I'm grateful for everything, God's, and I'm not if you're not showing, expressing, and demonstrating thanksgiving. Then you're not. Now, you might feel a certain way, but if there is no thank you, if there is no, ah, uh, ah, uh, what? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta express, I gotta sacrifice, I, I, I've gotta do something to let them know I'm thankful for what they've done. Then you're not thankful and you are one of the nine that did not show or express appreciation. One of the things that I've gotten in the habit of doing is I write thank you cards. I do it on purpose because it takes effort. I have to write it, I have to put a stamp on it, and I have to mail it. That takes effort. Thank you. There was a particular time I, was, I went and uh, I ministered at a church. And at this particular church, they, they set up and tear down. We used to do that by God's grace. Glory to God, we don't do that no more. Thank you, Jesus. And... Uh, they were setting up and tearing down, and, and I got up, and um, I said, now I need everybody in here to uh, help tear down. And, you know, the church, they were accustomed to that. And I went up to certain guys afterwards, um, and I just said, thank you. Thank you for just helping set up and tear down. Thank you, you know, just, that, just, just express an appreciation. And um, one guy said to me, you know, no one has ever said thank you. I've been setting them down for years. I've, I've never heard anybody say thank you to that. I thought, I know we get busy as leaders. And I'm, this is no indictment on the pastor. We get busy. We got a lot on our mind. We got a lot going on. But if, but we, if we are too busy to say thank you, then we are too busy. If you're too busy to express gratitude and appreciation, 
then you are too busy. And you got to get some things in line because it is the grateful heart, the thankful heart that God uses to do what he did with this leper. We find out later this leper was made whole. So he wasn't just healed, he was made whole. What's the difference? Healed means I no longer have leprosy. Made whole means there's nothing missing and nothing broken. And so if he had an ear that had fallen off, I believe when he came back and gave thanks, I believe that ear grew right on back on his head. Glory to God. I believe he had a finger that fell off. I believe when it, when Jesus said, you are made whole, that finger came back. Now, the other ones were healed. Thank God they were healed. They no longer had it, but they still were missing things. But this man was made whole. Now, in teaching this, there's a verse here that I want you to see. Let's take a look at verse 18, Luke 17, 18. It says here, watch this. Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? This phrase, give glory, just leaped out the pages on me. Give glory. And I said, okay, earlier we found that he returned to give thanks, but this verse says he returned to give glory. And so I started doing some research. And if you look at Haggai chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, Haggai chapter 2, uh, 7, 8, 9, we'll look at. God speaking here. He says, and I will shake all nations and they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with glory. Somebody shout glory. glory. Now look at the next verse. The silver is mine and the gold is mine. Interesting. Now look at the next verse. The glory, there's the glory again, of this latter temple shall be greater than the former. Now pause here. Verse 7, God's talking about glory. Then all of a sudden in verse 8, he says the silver is mine and the, and the gold is mine. And in verse 9, he went right back to glory. Is it possible that giving glory means that you are giving silver and gold and God can get glory from that? Interesting. In 1 Chronicles chapter 16, and look at verse 29, 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 29, it says, give to the Lord the glory. Somebody shout glory. Do his name. Watch this. What's the next three words say? Say it again. Say it again. Give to the glory, give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him, O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Give the Lord glory, bring an offering. I thought, so there's a connection between glory and an offering. Well, then I started reading the Levitical passage of a leper who was brought back into camp in the Old Covenant. So he had to go to the priest. The priest examined him. The priest then said, okay, you no longer have leprosy. The process and procedure by which he went back into the camp was he had to bring an offering. Read Leviticus 14 for yourself. I won't take the time. He had to bring an offering. And when he brought this offering, the priest received it, presented it before God. He was then ceremonially clean and he was welcomed back into the camp. He had to bring an offering. Several years ago, I was asleep and I woke up and I heard this phrase in my heart, thank offering. 
Now, many of you that's been with me a while, we've been participating in a thank offering over the last several years. Thank offering is what I heard. I heard it strong on the inside of me. Thank offering. I got up and I went and went about my day and didn't do nothing about it. The Lord, I went out to bed that night. The Lord said it again. Thank offering. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> went to sleep. Got up. Got up next day. The Lord said as soon as I woke up, thank offering. Got up that day, went about my business, didn't think nothing about it. That, that thing happened for three straight days. Thank offering. I finally said, Lord, I'm going to do some study on thank offering. I had never heard of a thank offering. I started opening my scriptures and started studying. Every offering in scripture had some form of a consequence if you didn't participate in it. Except for one, the thank offering. Uh, which is also known as the free will offering. And a thank offering is always associated with the celebration. What are we about to celebrate? Well, we're about to celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a big day that is. What a big event that changed not only the world, but changed our lives personally. What a great time to do a thank offering. And so the Lord spoke to me. He said, Resurrection Sunday thank offering. Now that was about five, six years ago, and our church has been participating in a Resurrection Sunday thank offering, a way to return to God glory because we are thankful. Now, I was asked to preach in Florida. I flew down to Florida. A friend of mine, his church was struggling. He said, man, we're struggling. We're struggling in a lot of areas. Uh, we're struggling financially. We're just, we're just in a struggle. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, go preach at this church. Well, I said, man, I want to come preach at your church. I never do that, by the way. I never invite myself anywhere. Uh, maybe I get more bold in the future. But I, I, I just, I like to be invited. Well, I said, man, I want to come preach at your church. And he said, we can't afford you. I said, no, what are you talking about? I'm not talking about money. I, I'm going, I'm coming. I'm going to buy a plane ticket. I'm going to get a hotel. I'm going to utilize Uber, and I will meet you at the church. I am coming to preach at your church. And he's like, would you do something like that? I said, yes, I've, I'm under command of God. Go, I got to preach at your church. I got a word for your church. Well, he was shocked that I would even do that. But by God's grace and your giving, we're able to do stuff like that. Amen. amen. Like, Come on, somebody say Amen. By God's grace and your giving, we're able to do stuff like that. So I went down there. He had a he had he had a couple services. He had a church was a pretty big church. He had a couple services. We I preached the word and I preached this word that I preached today. This was the word I preached to his people, and um and we we got done. I asked him, I said, Pastor, do you trust me with the offering? He said, Yeah, I trust you. I said, Listen, guys, this this message is it's time to respond, respond with things. If God's been good to you. If you can think of any area of life. Now, we're not this what this was not even in a pandemic. My goodness, how much more we got to be thankful for. I said, if he, this is the time to respond like the one. And this offering is not for everybody. It's only for the thankful. And he comes back. We, we finish the services up. We comes back. He, we get in the car and um, we, we drive. We get ready to go eat. Then I had to go to the airport right after we go grab something to eat. He says, Pastor, I have to tell you something. He's got tears in his eyes. I said, what? He said, that was the largest offering our ministry has ever received. 
in the history of their ministry. I don't know if you understand this or not, but when when you are struggling, how many has anybody ever struggled financially? I mean, I don't know if anybody can understand this or not, but when you, when you are struggling financially, and God sends me there on assignment, preach preach this message that I preach to you, and the people responded so much that it was the largest in the history of their church. He and his wife were sitting there with tears in his eyes. He says, now we can catch up on all of our bills. Can you, I don't know if you've been there or not. I've been there before where, where when a blessing comes, my goodness, I can catch up and I can be current to where we are. I know, I know some of y'all have always had a silver spoon and, you know, you've always been wealthy. I know that's fine. Thank God for you. But there are some people here like me that understand how he felt. And I came home and I told Stacy, I said, Stacy, wow. I said, um, we, we were a blessing to this ministry. This word that God gave is a blessing to this ministry. And uh, they're still going strong today. Glory be to God. Amen. 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 I said, Amen. And so the Lord spoke to me about five, six years ago, and he said, every Resurrection Sunday at True Life, we're going to participate in a thank offering. Now, I normally preach this message the Sunday before the thank offering, but I wanted to introduce the thank offering this year on Resurrection Sunday. This is an offering where you give your biggest gift. You determine how thankful you are and you respond with a gift. And some of you need to stretch and give three figures. Some of you four, some of you even five, some of you even six, whatever the Lord says. It's all according to what you have, not what you don't have, what you have. Now listen to me, not what you don't have. Don't don't go out and put it on a credit card and say, I'm going to pay it back. No, it's according to what you have, not what you don't have. And in years past, God has given himself glory in the thank offering. Am I right about that, Garrison? The first time we did a thank offering, we were believing God for $10,000 to come in that thank offering. And I was so fired up about it. Um, it was a word from God for me. And glory to God, we had a line up here and people were coming and people were giving diapers. I loved it because they were just, I'm thankful for my new kid. And and teenagers were giving headphones. They were just thankful for what they had. And they gave big. And that year, that first year, glory to God, $10,500 came in. Hallelujah. Glory. I said, hallelujah. I said, glory. And, And then the Lord said, and I told, I, I told this pastor, I'm just, I'm just, I'm feeling overwhelmed with about the goodness of God. I told this pastor, I said, in Florida, I said, I said, people are thankful. I said, we just have to remind people of how thankful we really are, how good God has been to us, how, how gracious he's been. And we're still living in, in two years pandemic, we're still here. Glory to God. And many of us have never even had COVID. 
Thank you, Lord. And those of you who have it, beat it. Thank you, Lord. And the next year, the Lord said, put a number out there. I mean, he always gives me these numbers. It was 12,000 the next year. And glory to God, 13,000 came in that thank offering. Hallelujah. And the next year, the Lord said 15,000. And then 15,300 came in that thank offering. The Lord said 20,000 last year, 20,000, 22,000 came in. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And this year, the Lord says 30,000. Can you believe God for 30,000 to come in a thank offering just to say thank you? Now, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine about this. He said, so, he said, um, what are you going to do with the funds? You know, when it comes in, what are you going to do with it? And I said, those funds will be used for us to continue to utilize and grow the church and buy equipment. I don't get up here every week and tell you what we need because we're believing God for that stuff to come in and get equipment. But if I start telling you what we're going to do with it, it's no longer a thank offering. Now we're raising money for something. Oh, this is what we're going to do. We're going to buy a new keyboard with it. Well, now we're just raising money for a keyboard. A thank offering has to come from your personal gratitude. What has God done for me and meant to me over this past year? And then you give out of that. There are no consequences for not giving. There are no re retribution. There, there is, there's no struggle for not giving. You're not going to get beat over the head for not giving. No, this is between you and God. And you're putting a denomination uh, monetary value on whatever it is. And you're saying, God, I am thankful. And watch this. And I'm not even looking for anything in return. Can you give that way without looking for anything in return? It's, that's a thank offering. I'm not looking, well, what happens if I give this much? If you multiply, God's going to do this. No, no, no. It's a thank offering. I'm not looking for God to do anything else because he's already been too good to me. He's already been faithful to me. He's already been loyal to me. And you give from that heart of thanksgiving. Some of you are, need to sell something in order to give. And, you know, I don't have cash in my, I got something to sell. In years past, people have sold stuff. I'm going to sell because I want to participate in this thank offering. It's a big deal. How many of you know that's been with me? It's a, it's a big deal when our thank offering, we celebrate God in this thank offering for what he has done for us. Church, I want to be the one that returns to give thanks. I want to be the one that says, Lord, you've done a lot for me, and I just want to say thank you. I just want to demonstrate, express, and show appreciation of how thankful I am to you. And uh, when you participate, it, there's a joy. My wife and I, we get excited about, Lord, how much is it this year? And we stretch. I mean, we, we stretch to the point where we feel it. We don't give something and we don't feel it. Oh, you know, here you go. Here's $2. You don't feel that. No, we, we stretch. Because if it don't mean nothing to you, it don't mean nothing to God. Oh, I, mean, I got to say that again. If it don't mean anything to you, it doesn't mean anything to God. And you, you, you stretch. You stretch and say, Lord, I want this number. And then the Lord told me this year to, to announce it earlier so that you can begin to pray about it. Begin to ask the Lord, what is it? What is that number? 
and, and for me and my house, it's going to be more than it was last year because God's been too good to us. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm still here. So it's got to be greater than it was last year. Glory to God. I'm still here. And God has still been good to me. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.